0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: What will the Cowboys show us at OTAs today Come on, man. All right. Well, you know you're not here for that. It's riled up on the Cowboys here at SB Nation. And look, if you want an update on exactly what's going down at Cowboys OTAs, that is all available to you, bloggingtheboys.com. And, of course, our boy, RJ Oakshow with the Ochoa Oak Show early this morning. Jess Navarro will have you updated with the Friday morning podcast as we do that daily here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. So if you want all the minutia of what's going on, you can find that. But today... Typically, I would be joined by my man, Tom Ryle, and I'm, of course, your boy, Roy White. But we've got a bit of an unusual scheduling today. Tom is out, uh, entitled to a few vacations a year, as we all are. And that means I got to bring in my own guest. And I decided to uh, check on the streets, if you will, a man who has spent many time in the streets, and specifically a man who I know from working at the Cowboys radio station. Now, he was once someone who was required as a member of the media to be in touch with every minute detail that was going on within the Cowboys. But he has stepped away from the business for several years now. He considers himself to be a casual fan, and that is what this podcast is about today. What is the casual fans' take on what the Cowboys have done this offseason and where they are as we move into 2023? So without further ado... My dear friends, I'd like to introduce you to my buddy and good good friend, Lane
2: Lewis. Wow. What an intro. Uh, setting the bar pretty high. I'm enjoying my freedom. I'm enjoying my freedom. As a fan of the team, to be able to sit back and just enjoy the game, not have to sit and take notes as I watch the game, re-watch the game, watch the All-24. No. I just get to sit on the couch, turn the TV on, Enjoy it like the rest of you
1: do, yeah. I mean, definitely lucky you don't have to watch the all 24 because I don't know where you would find
2: that. Uh, (laughs) yeah, maybe the all 22, the all 22 film, of course. What what fan knows what that is?
1: You were into, but that's the beauty of it, right? Like, Lane has transitioned (laughs) to being able to be a casual fan. And while you may be here listening to this podcast because you're a diehard, right? You want to consume everything that's going on with the Cowboys, I'm just telling you. That is not necessarily what we're doing today, right? Cowboys OTAs are going on. There will be things that come out, either quotes or uh, details from practice that people will want to react to. But I just wanted to get a fresh take from an individual who I know is actually not going to be involved in every minute detail as we go from here to September, because I think this is the approach that most Cowboys fans truly take. People do have an offseason. When it comes to football and while the league continues to churn and people in the media will try to sell you that every moment is important, I just don't buy that people get as hype about all this as the media tries to make it out to be. I just don't buy that. and I've never gotten that type of reaction when I was in the business either.
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, you said it, we as the media would try hard to sell that and I would try to psych myself up every summer early summer to do that too and there's only so many different ways that we can spin how good the the new undrafted wide receiver looked in practice today and the big tackle that the sixth round linebacker made it it, it's all irrelevant until we get into preseason and even then who knows what it's going to look like uh when when the actual games start in august and september so um yeah i i I, I just you know we'll, we'll enjoy uh, the, the meaningful parts of the game, uh, when they, uh, when they come.
1: So let's get into it then. Right. Cause again, we're going to treat this as lane every fan Lewis is what I'm going to call him and refer to him as here going forward. Cause I think, you know, he's not going to necessarily speak for every fan's opinion on every question that we go through here, but I think <laughs> in general, we can get an idea of, of like what the streets are saying, right? What, messaging what narratives have permeated through the media and actually gotten to the casual fan base that revolves around the Dallas Cowboys because Lane is still a very, very big fan of the Cowboys. So without further ado, (laughs) are the Cowboys in better position in the NFC in 2023 than they were going into 2022?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's a good place to start. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to think that they would be because they were one of the best teams in, uh, not just the nfc but in the nfl last year even though they finished second in the division you got the the best team in the league ahead of you but i think they i think they are i think they are in a better position when you look at who they lost versus who they brought in the holes that they filled we were you know if you had asked uh, you know a, a month ago or a couple months ago after free agency and, and they don't you know they're not bringing in any free agents they're, they're doing the classic cowboys uh off season, um boy things were looking bleak and then we get a couple of trades, and then we have a solid draft. And um, you know, we we, we lose uh, Ezekiel Elliott, we lose Dalton Schultz, we lose uh, Kellen Moore. I mean, those are holes that are good, good players, but at positions that you can you can fill that production, I think, easier than you 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 uh, would would normally think. So, I, I think they are in a better position. They they brought in quality players. To fill those holes, I think they have depth. It's a it's a talented roster, um, and I think they're they're kind of right there with the Eagles. Maybe maybe slightly behind them, um, but I, I think they are in a better position this year than they were last year. What
1: would you say is the most improved aspect of what the Cowboys have done this off season to make themselves better for twenty twenty three, and what is in your mind the biggest loss or at least the area where they failed to improve?
2: in this offseason? Uh, biggest area of, of, of uh, where they improved the most, I, I would say, I guess, on the defense. And, again, this is a defense that was really good last year, but um, all signs are pointing towards Micah Parsons as a as a full-time defensive lineman or edge rusher. Um, you bring in Gilmore uh, to shore up the the, the side opposite uh, Travon Diggs. Um, and uh, I think the defense is looking really, really good. Another year, of Dan Quinn, um, on the offensive side of the ball, I think that was the struggle at the end of the year. Defense wasn't the reason why they were knocked out of the playoffs. It was, it was the offense. And, um, did they do enough on offense to, to improve? Maybe they're better with Brandon Cooks. The wide receiver group certainly is better with Brandon Cooks, but, uh, where's the offensive line, right? Can we, can we trust Tyron Smith? To to be out there uh, week in and week out, can we trust that Tony Pollard's going to come back healthy and that uh, that that they'll have depth behind him, whether it's Ronald Jones or, or wh- whoever it might be uh, behind Pollard? Can, can he withstand uh, a full season's work playing, you know, half the snaps like he did last season? And um, you know, can the can the three headed monster of the of the young tight ends um, step up to to uh, make up for a pretty you know, productful uh, tight end and and Dalton Schultz. I don't know. I think the, I think the offense has a lot more questions than the defense. That's for
1: sure. Okay. So defense, clearly the most improved aspect of what the Cowboys have done. And I mean, yes, they did improve slightly on the offensive end, but you still got questions there. That's kind of, I mean, that's interesting because that kind of rolls then into, I guess the next part of this, and that's the changes that have been made on the offensive side of the ball. Do you have an expectation about how Mike McCarthy and company will approach this season, knowing that last year Dak Prescott maybe turned the ball over a few more times than they would have hoped? Whether or not those were his fault or not are up for debate. But ultimately, you know, do you have an expectation uh, that this offense is going to be much different now that Kellen Moore is out and Brian Schottenheimer
2: is in? Uh, I don't know about much different. I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll see how Schottenheimer, you know, builds the offense. They've talked about wanting to, you know, run the ball more than they have before. Even though they've ran more than you know most of the teams in the in the league, uh, you know, the last couple of years, and don't really have the uh, the bell cow. Maybe every down. Back. Maybe that maybe that's Tony Pollard. But that was the you know the question uh, on him. But um, they've they've given Depp the weapons on the outside. It's I, I think can it hold up on the inside? Um, you know they they are I think solid across the starting offensive line, but do they have the depth for if and when you know Tyron Smith goes down and 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 um, you know do, do they have the guys that can, they can throw out for for a couple weeks and uh, and, and and protect Dak? I mean I, I think the, I think the offense will be successful, but I, I do think there are like I said I do think there are questions. What I mean, what what, what do you think the you know the, how the offense? Translates for transitions from uh, a Kellen Moore offense with, you know, the the, the weapons they had to uh, Schottenheimer this year.
1: I mean, I and I'll get to this with you in a minute, but I am a believer in Dak Prescott. I always have sure. been. And I think he's good enough to not just win you a championship, like be a bus driver quarterback. I think he can be the focal point of a championship football team. And that's, I think, where many Cowboys fans do differ. You know, if you're going to have the debate, even the ones that might be against him could at least concede that he could be a bus driver, that he's better than some quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls. But at the same time, they might not agree that he could be the focal point. I believe he can be the focal point. Uh, I believe he has the talent to be that if he's given the scheme that, puts him in the best position, right? That doesn't call an all curls route on third and long in a big spot when everybody knows that that's what you do traditionally. And so ultimately when it comes to expectation of Mike McCarthy, I guess really where I'm going to draw the line in the sand as to whether or not he's executing to the level of what I expect is whether or not he has the ability to catch teams off guard. Like, I actually need to see some battles won in the, in the film room, in the coaching room. I need to see guys get, like, wide open to where we ask ourselves and we can clearly see after the fact, whoa, there was a different wrinkle there. They used something earlier in the game to set that up, or they completely came with something that the other team was not expecting because ultimately that is what I believe – got Kellen Moore out of here was that as good as it was, as much as it could produce at times, it was also extremely stale. And if teams did know what was coming, they didn't have an answer for it. Mike McCarthy, my expectation is is he's gonna have an answer for it. Now, is his answer going to be run the ball more to protect the ball? If it is, to me that's the wrong answer. That's that's the wrong yeah. Answer.
2: And and we'll see if they if they stay true to that i mean they've been a, a, a team that has been public in what their their plans have been you know i think far too often where they say we're going to do this and then they do it maybe well, we discussed that actually curveball.
1: recently like i think that they've shifted away from that narrative a little bit like whether they've yeah. made it a point to plug the leaks in their poll as far as like you know uh what they were going to do, telegraphing their moves. But let's look at this offseason. No one saw Stephon Gilmore coming. No one saw Brandon Mm -hmm. Cooks coming, even though they inquired about it not six months prior and offered more at the time. No one saw it coming until it happened. The same thing with the Mozzie Smith pick. And Mm -hmm. quite honestly, the same thing with all the re-signings that the Cowboys brought back. Yes, they lost Alton Schultz, but they brought back Donovan Wilson. And every guy uh-huh. that they did bring back for that defense was kind of done somewhat quietly. Like there were whispers yeah. that that guy was talking to other teams and then the Cowboys executed a deal and announced that things were good. So I don't know. I I feel like it's different now in that they can kind of play under the surface and they have the ability to do that without it getting out to everybody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does feel a little bit different. And you go back to the Jason Garrett coach teams and, you know, the the mentality of, you know, we're just going to line up and beat the other guy man-to-man it's just it's such a backwards way of thinking of it meanwhile you've got other teams that feel like they can win a game with an inferior roster and it it it, it never felt like that was going to be the Cowboys if anything they were going to be the team that that lost to the the, the team that looked worse on paper and, and 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 maybe that still happens right I mean they got beat by Brock Purdy in the playoffs last year not that you know the 49ers are a great team but you lose 19 to 12 to you know Mr irrelevant and it, it it's it's tough to it's tough to swallow that it, it it is so you know how how can you switch it up how can you be the team that can scheme scheme a win out of nowhere can they can they make the jump I I don't know we'll see well the
1: pressure will be on Mike McCarthy I think early on in the season and if we don't see that <clears throat> the rains could be turned over to Brian Schottenheimer on a part-time or even full-time basis. Like, things will move fairly quickly this season if they don't get that production out of the offense. You did touch on it briefly, so I'll ask it here, even though I it's not necessarily one of the main questions I was curious about, but everyday fans are probably interested. And in this. this is my man, Lane, every fan, Lewis, who uh, is a good buddy of mine who I brought on to discuss his – Casual opinions on the Cowboys. Is there any room for Ezekiel Elliott and a return to Dallas? Is there any scenario that you see that you would either want him back or that you see him coming back? Because as you mentioned, I mean, Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones, and Deuce Vaughn, who is the player they selected here in the draft in the sixth round, you know, they're mm-hmm. interesting pieces to say the least. Tony Pollard, of course, dynamic, but can they hold up and would, you Ezekiel Elliott provide any
2: insurance to that, and, and you throw Malik Davis in the mix. I mean, at this point, is I mean, is Ronald Jones the only kind of short yardage back? And and, and is that even a position that you that you need in today's NFL? Like, do, do you need the guy that's 230, 240 pounds to slam one into the two yard line? Like Tony Pollard can can do that. He's a strong guy. I mean, I I'd be open to bringing Zeke back. I don't know the scenario where he would be he would be open to that where the Cowboys would be open to that. Is it, is it money? Is it accepting, uh, you know, a different role with the team? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. What scenario would would
1: you be comfortable with as a fan? Like, are you, is there a number like where you say I would pay him 2 million or are you saying, Hey, he can come back if he's on a limited role and only on a minimum.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. and get your child's assessment for only twenty nine dollars. That's s y l v a n twenty nine
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that would be the scenario. I mean, if I'm if I'm looking at uh, you know available running backs out uh, on the market, I mean Dalvin Cook is the the one I'm looking at. Now I don't know what he would cost. Uh, certainly a lot more than Ezekiel Elliott would, but. You know, you could pair a guy like that who, you know, plays more snaps than almost any running back in the league with a guy like Tony Pollard, where you can split time. If he boy, if you put Dalvin Cook in the Ezekiel Elliott role from last year, where they're splitting at 50-50, Dalvin Cook all of a sudden is a guy that maybe is not getting you know injured as often as he did in, in, in Minnesota. So, you know, if we're looking for for help outside of the organization, I'm I'm not Zeke is not the first place I'm looking, but if if you you open up uh, training camp, and you get a look at Ronald Jones, you get a look at uh, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, and you do not feel comfortable, or, or or Tony Pollard is just not healing the way you would want him to heal after getting you know knocked out of the playoffs last year. Again, I'm open to it. Again, under the right under the right circumstances, under the right scenario, sure, I, I, I wouldn't eliminate it. Uh, it. I mean, is that something that you you'd be open to as well? I know some people are you know not even don't even want to consider it. They just want to you know. Cl- cl- Turn the page, close the book, and, and and be done with it.
1: I mean, anybody who's listened to this podcast anytime recently knows that I have closed the door on the Ezekiel Elliott book okay. in Dallas. Like, I have, I have no use for him. Yes, I suppose I would consider him on a veteran minimum, but I don't think he would take it. I think he's too proud. He would probably sit out a year before he took a veteran minimum. And I do think there's probably going to be another team desperate enough at some point that waves more than that in front of him, whether it's a sure. guy getting injured in training camp or whether it's just an unexpected cut, maybe a you know, a roster savings of some kind. Whatever the case may be, I think there will be a market that will materialize for Zuki Elliott that is above the veteran minimum. And for that reason, like, no, he's I'm done. I'm done.
2: Yeah, he he feels like a classic, you know, starter starting running back tears an ACL in week four. You know, halfway through a season, you know, in the middle of a playoff push, something, and he's the guy you bring in to to right the ship. I, I think he could he could do well in the role. Um, I think his best days are behind him, but I think he could produce something for for somebody this year. Um, I already, but yeah. If anything, guy, I think he taking here
1: yeah, I already touched on this guy myself, right? But I do want to get your take on it. Is twenty twenty three a make or break year for Dak Prescott, considering the addition of Brandon Cooks, the quality of the defense alongside him? Like, you know, does Dak Prescott potentially have to take this team to a certain level in the playoffs or, you know, what have you in your mind to, I guarantee that he's going to be around in Dallas for the long term? Or is that kind of a foregone conclusion?
2: I mean, common sense, I think, should tell you that his, his position is uh, pretty set in stone for the next few years, if not even further. But – it did feel like last year the 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 conversation around him was different with you know going down with with the injury and Cooper Rush coming in and and being successful and, and winning games and uh fans legitimately calling for Dak Prescott to be benched and for Cooper Rush to become the new starting quarterback of the Dallas Cow. I mean, there were people making that argument as crazy as it is if you watch the game and you can see what both both guys do um and you know he he played really really well in the first playoff game against tampa bay out tom brady in the final game of his career and then turned around and played a terrible game against san francisco he had two chances to to send them to a conference championship at the end of that game and came up about as flat as you possibly could for the second year in a row so there are legitimate questions around him. Make or break. Break. I, I. I. I don't know. Like what the break scenario would be. If that means they raid him or release him. If that's the break scenario, I don't think that would happen. I, I think that they would consider options of you know planning for the future. Um, if if they go out and. He has a, a a very good regular season. I don't I don't know if anybody thinks he wouldn't. He's shown to be a, a, a top performer in the regular season. But if they make the playoff, then you know, they go out and score twelve points again at a playoff loss and, and he can't get the job done. I, I don't know how you can't at least have the conversation. That's
1: what I'm I mean, like even as a DAC supporter, DAC defender, you're right that the conversation got different last year. And it got harder to defend him. Now, granted, I still would defend quite a few of his interceptions to say that they weren't necessarily on him. But, as you stated, if you were to go three years in a row of leading an offense in a playoff game to points in the teens or less, that is red flaggable for sure. Because it kind of suggests that, hey, you can put up big numbers against – bad competition. And Dak Prescott has done that in spades, but when it comes to actually playing against the best of the best, it's a different scenario. And I mean, it's, it's shifting a little bit more for Dak Prescott where, you know, I was sure he would probably be here as a career Dallas Cowboy. And now Mm -hmm. I do think some of that is pending further
2: results. Do we how, do we forget or diminish the Buccaneers game? Because that was the conversation going into it. Is that oh my god, of course they draw of all the teams they could get, they get the Buccaneers, um, Tom Brady, the the you know uh, uh, <laughs> the end of the career, the story they're going to write about him, and he goes out and just destroys them, and and just happens to follow it up with with uh, a, a nothing uh, game against the 49ers. but that game happened. But how easy is it to forget it uh, when you look at the the week after that?
1: I mean, that game did happen, but I think in hindsight, we also like uh, it's easy to take away a little bit from that performance considering that the Buccaneers were not a particularly strong team going into the playoffs. They didn't have a winning record when they mm-hmm. got in there. And so – and then when we saw how the Cowboys demolished them, I think we all kind of agreed, well, you know, maybe this was just a case of we had a week to discuss it and we built them up to be more than they were. And that was ultimately my conclusion of it, was that we built Tom Brady to be Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady. And in reality, yeah. the final year of Tom Brady was a different Tom Brady than what we'd seen in years past. That's just reality. So for me, I, I – I take away from it a little bit as a deck defender. Uh, mm-hmm. I find that hard to point to as hard evidence that I would use to defend him because of all the reasons that I just stated that would poke holes directly in my my defense. So, yeah, I mean, I, the jury's still clearly out on Dak Prescott. Maybe not a make or break here in 2023, but it could have a very strong effect on which way this scales. Start to start to tip. Uh, if you could only no, make yes, one of Trayvon Diggs or Ceedee Lamb, and we know these contracts are coming up, the Cowboys are you know within the cap, probably going to be, be able to make it work to sign you know all of them. Micah Parsons, rework Dak Prescott's contract that probably has a big part in this, and then sign Trayvon Diggs and Ceedee Lamb. But if you could only sign one of those two, <coughs> Diggs or Lamb, who would you re-sign? <laughs>
2: When I initially thought about this, I, I think I was leaning Diggs um, because of oh, really? well, just what he's shown the last couple of years. He's been he's been great, but I think about it more. And you go to going uh, to go back to what you said uh, a, a little bit ago. You know, can Dak carry a team uh, to the playoffs? Can he be the focal point? Can he be the leader? I don't think he's going to be a Patrick Mahomes right that can win a win a Super Bowl with anybody around him. I think there has to be top-level talent around him. If you look at you know teams in the past that have won Super Bowls or competed in Super Bowls, other than the Chiefs, every single one of those teams has some sort of uh, guy that you would say is the guy, or a top two or three quarterback. you you, you, you got to have one or the other. He's got to have guys to throw the ball to. You can get away with, and I think the Cowboys are set up this way, I think you could get away with a middling secondary if you have the defensive line and the pass rush that the Cowboys have, right. They can, they can cover some of the mistakes that happened in the secondary with a guy like Micah Parsons and Marcus Lawrence and guys that can get to the quarterback. It helps to have, you know, talent on both sides of it. But if I had to choose one, I, I think it's, that's an easier position to, 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 to cover um, the, 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 the uh, lack of the cornerback there, but boy, what CD Lamb brings, and I was a doubter of CD Lamb. We've, Gone back and forth uh on this uh, uh off air uh in our real lives. And boy, did he show up the last two-thirds of this season. It seemed like every week it was what seven, eight, eight, nine you... catches, a hundred plus yards. Tell me what he said. Boy. CD's <laughs> <See these> nuts. <laughs> you did. Every almost every week, uh, you like to throw that back in my face. Right. And uh I was thrilled to be proven wrong as he became a dependable part of the offense that was sort of a knock on him I don't know if you could trust him it was way too much of the ball that hits him in the chest that bounces off the hands he would make the spectacular play but he would drop the easy one and it it did feel like he took a step further last year to where he can be the guy in a in a contender uh, a a position that would be absolutely necessary if uh, if Dak is going to be the quarterback that leads you to a Super Bowl.
1: That's funny though, because he did have, I mean, like he probably he could have had a bigger year last year than he ultimately wound up with. Yeah. Early in the season, he did have a bad case of the drops. I agree with you. I pay I would pay Lamb. Um but I don't know I caveat that with the fact that like yes, Super Bowl teams do typically need weapons on the outside, but they generally don't overspend. They're not usually some of the top spending teams at the position, so they might have like one high price guy. But when you look around the league at like the best wide receivers, we actually haven't seen them super well represented in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I guess while they're still you can you can afford them as their as their younger guys, or if you have a you know a, a, a couple of guys, you know you think of the Rams with Cooper uh, Cooper Cup and the Buccaneers with Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin, they might be the uh, the, 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 the example there, uh, I think Evans would have been paid by then. I don't know about Godwin. Um, but those are a couple of guys that probably just got paid
1: for the, for the Eagles. So I guess there's a decent case there, but
2: still, Mm -hmm. um, between the two, I'm, I'm I'm for sure. going
1: Um, who's the most important player on the defense besides Michael Parsons?
2: the most important player on the defense besides Michael Parsons. So I, I'm I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with the newcomer, maybe a little surprising, and I think I might go Stephon Gilmore. Opposite Diggs, I think we know what we have in Diggs, right? We obviously know what we have in Parsons. But if if you've got another potential shutdown corner beside, behind that defensive line, I think that's such a big weapon to add to already – one of the better defenses in the league. Um is he going to be the best player other than Michael Parsons? No. But if we're talking importance, uh I would put him right up there with with anybody on the team in importance. If you can get that out of him. Again, he doesn't necessarily need to be former defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore, but if he can be 75% of that, if he can be um, you know, a a pro bowler in the secondary, you know, for whatever you you think about the Pro Bowl, Uh, I think that would be a huge addition. And at 33, 34 years old, who knows if we're going to get that. But if they can get that, I think that that's a a season maker.
1: I agree with you. What about you? Like, I'm with you on Stephon Gilmore. What he could potentially change about their defense is is nearly everything. By bringing him in, you now have – A top two corner according to Pro Football Focus at both man coverage grade and zone coverage grade. Gilmore was the number one man, uh, the number one zone coverage graded corner in the league in 2022. And Trayvon, or excuse me, I have this flipped. Gilmore was the number one man coverage corner. Trayvon was the number two. Zone coverage corner, according according to Pro Football is grade. So, like, they now have the ability to match up in both of those scenarios, put Gilmore in the best position in man, put Trayvon in the best position in zone, and ultimately, as you stated, if they have the pass rush that can generate pressure, up the middle especially with now the addition of Mozzie Smith, like, this is a team uh-huh. that could generate a lot of turnovers by making quarterbacks have to make uh-huh. extremely quick decisions.
2: I agree. I can't wait. Yeah, sign me up for that. I- I'm excited to watch the two of them.
1: Confidence level on a scale of one to ten on the Cowboys O-line. You touched on it briefly, but you know, give me a number here
2: for the lane every fan Lewis Boy, I mean if scale. Yeah, I mean if they can if they could stay healthy, I think it's a I think it's a nine out of ten. Eight or nine out of ten. I mean they're Woo. they're as good as anybody I think in the league Starting across the board, if if it goes how we think it will with maybe Tyron at left tackle, Tyler at left guard, Biotish, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele at right tackle, I guess we don't know. They haven't announced that yet, but that's a that's a really solid five that that, that I have no problems with on any given week. The problem is, is that's not what the five is going to be every single week the rest of the season, and not if but when Tyron Smith has to miss a couple of weeks. Or a month, or a couple of months, then what happens, right? They, they've got some talent behind those five, um, enough to uh, trust them for a month uh, with, you know, a, 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 I think a pretty tough schedule coming up. I, I, I don't know the, the uncertainty uh, with 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 the health of, of Tyron and, and some inexperience um, uh, at Tyler, you know, with Tyler Smith and the, and the backups maybe pushes it down to, to, to a 5 or a 6, I think, out of 10. But if they stay healthy, I, I think they're great.
1: I'll give you one final hypothetical then as we wrap things up. My good buddy Lane fan Lewis filling in for our guy. Tom Ryle wishing him the very best as he's uh, taking a quick breather and we will be back with us next week. Just again, hypothetically, if you could guarantee one player's health for all of 2023, and I bring this up specifically because you just mentioned Tyron Smith, is maybe a potential mm. candidate here, you could guarantee one player's health for 2023. Are you going the safe, safe route and handing that to Dak Prescott, making sure he plays all 17 games? Or are you taking the chance, maybe giving it to Tyron, maybe making sure Micah stays healthy? Where would you go in that direction?
2: If there's no qualifiers here and it's literally you pick one person, I think the only correct answer to this is Dak Prescott. And there's no argument you cannot disagree. And that would be the same for any team who wants to contend in the NFL. If Dak is not on the list, if he's not an option here, then I think Tyron Smith is is the easy number two. Um, again, there's if, if he is healthy for 16 or 17 games, um, then – be the first time I, in I, a decade. I, I think – yeah, it's not going to happen. But, if, boy, if I could guarantee that he is healthy for a full season, all of a sudden Pollard and, and, and Ronald Jones and Malik Davis and Deuce Vaughn – uh, are, are a four-headed monster, and, and they can they can run, they can throw, they can pass protect, they, they can do anything, because um, I don't have questions, again, about the other four. Uh, those, are, those are the easy two, but um, I think the Cowboys might have the easiest answer for that question of maybe any team in the league if, uh, if you're not counting quarterbacks.
1: Well, Lane, I appreciate you taking the time to fill in and join us on an episode of, of Riled Up on the Cowboys, and we got you a little riled up there. On the Cowboys, uh, if the folks wanted to follow you, reach out, or otherwise, can you give them just something social media wise where they could do that if they did want to reach out and continue the conversation with you?
2: I was going to give them my, my, my phone number, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I know the kind of reach you guys have here. I don't think I'll gonna, give them that I'm later. That out, but I will. You, you can. You, you can. You want on Twitter? I am at LaneLewis12. Um, I don't tweet a ton. I, I retweet. Uh, I certainly will, uh, will will watch the games and share thoughts there. Um, and uh, depending how uh, uh, the rest of free agency or the rest of the offseason uh, goes, I, I might have some thoughts on, on, on the kicking situation if that doesn't uh, improve by the start of the season. So I, I can, we, can we get a kicker? Brandon McManus, anybody, please?
1: Didn't get the everyman oh. thought on a kicker. I'll have to save that for the next time I bring you in lane. But I do appreciate no. you, sir, taking time. Uh, out of your schedule to join me again thank you all for staying riled up on the podcast and riled up on the cowboys for tom and for lane i'm roy we'll see you next thursday